Before we get started with this week's episode of Pigotin, let's have a quick word from our sponsors. First up is Window World. Window World supply high quality windows, doors, conservatories, uh, UPVC, all that kind of thing. And right now they are doing a special offer where you can get eight windows and two doors for £2,495. So if you're in the market for some new windows, doors, conservatories, that kind of thing, head yourself over to windowworldupvc.co.uk and for a limited time only, you can enter the discount code PIGOTED for an extra special discount. Our second sponsor of today's episode is Outliers Distillery. Outliers Distillery are the makers of Hooli, which is a gorgeous Manx white rum that goes well in rum and cokes and daiquiris and just about every other cocktail that uses rum. If you are a spirit drinker, if you like something a little bit different, and if you like something that will blow your socks off, head over to outlierdistillery.co.uk, enter the discount code PIGOTED, and you get yourself a 20% discount. And our final sponsor of the day is none other than Taylor's Toys. Taylor's Toys are a sex toy company that make high quality sex toys that won't fall apart after just a couple of uses. Uh, if you are in the, I was going to say, if you are in the market for a sex toy then, who isn't in the market for a sex toy? Look, it's Valentine's Day coming up. You want to spice things up in the bedroom? Head yourself over to Taylor's Toys, grab yourself some reasonably priced dildos. Again, pop pigoted in the checkout at the discount code at the end and you'll get yourself a discount. Finally, if you haven't already, sign up to our Patreon. Uh, it's literally just a pound a week, four pound a month, however you like to think about it. You get extra episodes, you get access to Discord servers, you get to ask questions to future guests, you get early access on episodes, you get exclusive content and tons of other features. Uh, we gave away NFTs to everybody in January. In February, everybody who's a Patreon on February the 7th, um, we'll do a draw and four of you will win a bottle of Hooli each. We do loads of special prizes and by donating a little little bit of money every month you help to keep the podcast going right thank you very much for having a listen and i hope you enjoy this week's episode off we go welcome to picketed podcast joining us today joining us today is canadian comic isn't that a surprise uh, mark hughes hi yeah hi how's it going freddie i've never in my life seen more canadian eyewear i picked you up from the train station in preston wearing those and I mean, I understand that over in Canada, like, this is considered normal apparel, but in Preston, it does honestly look like I was picking up, like, a, a special needs child. Yeah. Who, who yep. has, like, you look like you've got a really bizarre form of autism that's that's just, like, you know, sensory through your eyes this, type this thing. This is how I go and pick up chicks. Re no. Well, because then, then it, when they get off the bus with the helmet, they think I'm one of them. Oh, right, <laughs> oh, mate. And we are 46 seconds in before we've said something potentially that will get both of us in trouble. That's all right. Um, it's nice to meet you, pal. Yeah, man. How much were those out of it? Because yeah. they look like the kind of glasses that probably cost about 400 quid and protect you against 25 different like UV light. They're about 200. Uh, Canadian dollars, they are... So about £12. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Canadian nice. dollars of the, are the uh, Mexican peso of the Western world. Are you? Oh, yeah, massively, yeah. massively. Yeah. Are you still thinking in dollars, or are you, like, thinking in pounds now? Uh, I still think in dollars, and I have to... I'm always doing an exchange rate. What, in your head, yeah. still? Yeah. Because well, I'm still... My, my income is still in Canadian dollars. 
Really? Yeah, I have this online job that I get paid in. You right? have an online job? Yeah, what so do you do online? Just answer emails for a company. Do you? That's it, yeah. That's fucking yeah, brilliant. It's, it's pretty good. So I get paid in Canadian dollars, but I, so anytime I make a purchase, I have to go, okay, what, what, and roughly speaking, a, a, a pound is about 1.7 Canadian dollars right oh, now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So quite a lot then. Yeah. Shit, man. Oh, okay. Fair enough. So you, so it's. I mean, is it is everything twice as expensive as back in Canada? No, or? if you do the exchange rate, every so if something's five pounds here, it's about, about eight. Yeah, it all work. It actually all works the same. So it, I haven't noticed anything. It, one thing, uh, food is cheaper here, though. Food's cheaper here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, like all food or just food in general? Food in general. It's even, cheaper. Even like McDonald's. Yeah, if even after the exchange rate, it still it ends up being cheaper here. That's yeah. weird. One of the reasons is because in Canada, a lot of our ingredients are imported from the states. Oh right, yeah. okay. And so you got to pay like. Well, I would have thought. I mean, I don't know an awful lot about Canada. I haven't been before, and I have no desire to go ever. I'm um, not missing nothing. It not looks really. like a massive centre parks. That's what it is in my head. It's, you, it's, you don't know what centre parks is. Do no, you? what's that? <laughs> I'm special needs, remember? you got to translate. Well, well, if you were, ironically, you would have been to Centre Parks yeah. at some point. Um, so, um, Centre Parks is sort of like a thing that middle-class families go to where they get like a lodge in the woods right. and they get to... They're sort of on a compound, like... And they get to do activities, but they have to pay for the activities. The activities aren't factored into the price of their holiday. Right. And so there's like archery and like fucking, uh, I don't know, like horse riding and shit like that. And like climbing things. And in my head, that's what Canada is, but just on a massive scale. That's right. That's Lod- lodges and then like yeah. outdoor activities. Pretty much. Pretty much. Canada's one big uh, mountain range and prairies and coastline it's huge and you know what as well the analogy goes even further because in the center parks they have a supermarket right uh and naturally it's the only supermarket on the compound and so they jack the prices up so it's expensive food so it literally is just it's canada everything in canada is a monopoly too oh really because only major corporations can afford to do business there so they can just charge whatever they want legit so here give you an example so a cell phone tower that you have in england yeah. The same cell phone tower you'd have in Canada. Yeah. Cell we phone- don't call them cell phones. We call them masties. Masties? Okay. So- I made that up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking with the foreigner. Fucking with the foreigner. Oh, my God. Why did I... You know what? I should have let that go for a little bit yeah, longer. I know. Just, then I then I could have gone out into the wild. Yeah. And, hey, yeah. look at the masty, yeah. and everyone's like, "This guy is insane." Yeah. yeah. So it, the the cell phone tower in England and the cell phone tower in Canada—it's the same technology, it's the same infrastructure, but the 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 people, the amount of people it serves in England is way more. Aye, because you're more spread out, right? So the, it ends up costing more to run the same thing, so they have to jack the price up and. Only a few companies in the world can afford to do business there. Sure. Like, to, to can afford to run. I mean, that. I mean, on the flip side of that though, is like if there was a zombie apocalypse, yeah. Canada is infinitely more survivable. Yes. Than England, because yes. England, if there was one zombie, like it'd get the tube, and within an hour, all of London would be gone. Right. Right. Well, Whereas, twenty-eight days later, that's what yeah, that's all about. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Totally. Whereas in Canada. Like someone could attack, like Vancouver, yeah, and Ottawa would get it in like three months, yeah, maybe. Uh, do you like zombie movies? 
Um, here and there on them. Dawn of the Dead, the remake, was filmed in Toronto. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. There's a comic on, on there named Boyd Banks. He's a Canadian legend. He's not well-known outside of Canada, but he's well-known in Canada. And he was yeah. like, did you see the movie? Yes. He's the guy who they pulled out of the... It was the, a big the, shopping center, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 he's yeah, the guy yeah. they pulled out of the truck who had his leg injured, but he wasn't bitten. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I'm not that much of a yeah, fan okay. of it. But <laughs> you ever watch it, you'll see. It, it. Yeah. it went really specific. Yeah. It yeah. went super specific. Yeah. Okay, all right then. So you're trying to name drop, you know? <laughs> Right. <laughs> you know this 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 comic that no one's ever heard of outside of Canada. I know him. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I got some big connections. Comedy. I mean, I mean, how long have you worked in the UK for now? How long have you been here for? Since January second. So today's the 29th. So, right. Okay. Yeah. Um. So so not really that that long at all. No. Now comedy works differently in Canada than the UK, doesn't it? Speaking of monopolies. Yes. Okay. So. The fundamentals of comedy, going on stage and saying words that hopefully make people laugh. That's yeah, that's the, the same. Same no matter but where it's, you're. But it's sort of, it's run by a monopoly. Run by it? monopoly. Okay, so it's it starts with the only real club chain is a thing called Yuck Yucks. Yeah, I've heard about yeah, this. And it's basically a monopoly. And so either you work at Yuck Yucks or you don't. And they only book their own people. Correct. And they pay so badly. So what do you get for... Um, a head, you don't headlines aren't an hour here, right? No, they're not. They're, an they're hour, twenty, they're 20 what minutes. Do you, what do you get for twenty minutes? What like a weekend club? Yeah, well, it depends. Per, which you get it per spot or, yeah. or per per set. Well, per, I mean, I'll I'll tell you what it is per set if you look, like per spot. Yeah. Uh, so it depends where you are, mm-hmm. but generally speaking, a rough guide two to two hundred and fifty pounds for twenty minutes. Yeah. Okay. So in Canada, okay. So yuck yucks the pay. F- the pay structure is in, in like, it, you get um, grades. So the more seniority, theoretically, the higher. So it doesn't matter where you are on the bill. It just uh, matters your seniority. Uh, no, uh, sort of. Uh, headliner still gets more. Oh, yeah. But they do a longer set. So headliner, 300 Canadian dollars tops okay. for 45 minutes. So that's, uh, what, like using your exchange rate, maybe 180 pounds yeah. for 45 minutes. And it's minutes. been like that since the late night. Uh, early 90s. But what's really interesting as well is that over here, you can double and potentially even triple. So you can maybe, you know, open somewhere for, you know, I'm just going to keep it really fucking simple, but like open somewhere for £200 and close somewhere for £250. And then you've made £450 in a night. Whereas in Canada, it's like, well, everything is a thousand million miles away. Everything's like a 10-hour drive. Also, if you're signed with... It's yuck yuck. You're not if there is another club in the city, you're not allowed to do that club. Wow. Yeah, they have an exclusivity contract. So if you do yeah. sign with Yuck Yucks, yeah. you can't play anywhere else apart from Yuck Yucks. Unless it's more than there's a radius. I can't remember what it is because I've never been signed with them, so I don't know. Ex- I, I can't remember okay. all of it. But, but if then, there's an equivalent, what they consider an equivalent competitive co- competition, yeah. so equivalent size yeah. within a certain radius, you cannot do that club okay. unless you have written permission from the owner. So, so just to, I mean, just to really simplify it, yeah. basically. Either you sign with them and you can't really do anywhere else, yeah. or you don't sign with them and you can't do their clubs and they're the biggest chain. Right. So it basically, uh, and it's the biggest complaint with uh, professional comedians in Canada. So let's say you're not signed with Yucks. Most of the cities, which isn't many, have one other competi- competition club, but they're, it's it's singular. It's not a chain. Wow. So if you, you if you get on with them, get along with them, okay, cool. But the, the next city over, 
you might not have a relationship with that. Other really? Club. Yeah. And hopefully you do. But generally speaking, most people who are not signed with Yucks do have good relationships with the five other clubs in the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you said, they're all a million miles away. So you're eating up travel. Okay. Your travel's eaten up right away. Some of these clubs in, uh, don't cover your travel either. So it's up to you to get there. Shit. And then it's like, it's, 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 it, it, one of the problems with Canada is you hear this over and over again. It's one of the best places in the world to start doing comedy. But if you want a career, it's fucking terrible. Yeah. And we yeah. tend to get, um, uh, that tends to happen in England is you tend to find every once in a while, you get a Canadian comic that moves over here and you're like, I've never heard of this person. And then it's fucking, they're amazing. Yeah. And you go, oh, fuck it. It's because it, there's no reason to do it. They're, one of the things I noticed right away, if I had to make a criticism about the English comedy circuit right away, is you get a lot of people who are making money really fast. And it's like, that guy doesn't even have five minutes, man. Why the fuck is he? Like, really? Whereas in Canada, in order to start getting so paid. So you think, you think there are people out here that are making like five, like like money with like open spots? And yeah, that? yeah. Really fast, like within six months. Where, and I'm not even shitting on the system necessarily. Wow. But I'm just saying it's like in Canada, you'd never see that. Really? You'd never, no, it'd take years before you start getting any but money. surely the problem then is that comedy becomes the preserve of middle classes. Because if you are somebody who is poor or from a poorer background, you can't afford to just work for nothing right. infinitely. And that's or if you do, then you got to have a job during the day. Oh, correct. And obviously, if you if you worked a, a eight hour shift, then you ain't gonna fucking want to get in your car and, straight away and, and drive for five hours. And that's to, the problem with Canada too is is only only cunts can afford to do it, <laughs> right? <laughs> But that should be the motto of the country in yeah, general. And then, then I can get to that in a second. But what, why you will see some really good comics is because of a lot of ones you will see who just kept doing it. There was no real incentive to keep doing it, and they powered through regardless, uh, okay. right? So it's like, whereas here you'll see people getting paid. You see this in the states too. They're already making money, not necessarily paying their rent money, okay. but they're making money. And then they can start thinking, well, I'm being paid, so I'm good. Okay. It's like, eh, I'm not even going to say you're bad, but you're not as good as you might think you okay. are. Yeah, that's that's what I'm getting at. Okay, so yeah. it's an interesting sort of hierarchy yeah. over there. That's interesting. So how long are you like going to be out here for then? Have you thought about that? Six months for sure, because I signed my lease. Oh, and, uh, really? Yeah, the statute of limitations in Canada expires then. So, uh, what's that? Sorry. Oh, uh, just the, the, the criminal charges I'm evading. <laughs> really? So some of those special needs kids talked. No. Oh, <laughs> no. shit. Uh, so no, I, I, I'm, I'm an Irish citizen. So I, I just, my dad's from Dublin. No so way. I, I've got Irish. So what you wanted for things in Canada. No, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, 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 I yeah, believe yeah. that. Yeah. A hundred percent. There you go. Re revenge. Yeah. <laughs> he made fun of, he, he gave me a word that doesn't really exist. And I told him I'm a pedophile. And he's just, <laughs> <laughs> they're both a little gullible. Yeah. <laughs> both involved masties. Uh, yeah. So. That's what they call pedophiles in Canada. <laughs> That's what they call their erections. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay. Right. So. Uh, you're staying out here for six months, but because you're an Irish citizen... I, I can work and I don't have to... I'm not immigrating. I just show up and I can get the dole the next day. Really? Yeah. Wow, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, the, the system works. Yeah. Uh, if you uh, have a problem with that, uh, well, write your MP. It's interesting because people might... Because you've had a, a what, a colourful background in Canada. Yeah, I guess so. So you've been in prison? Yeah. 
You were an ex-heroin addict? Current heroin addict? No. No. I've been clean for 15 years. <laughs> really? No, actually, no. I, well, I, I no. do notice you have a lot of equipment here. <laughs> and I it's watched all, him punch in the alarm code, too. It's, it's all insured yeah. as oh, well. So oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm not even asked. I'll sell it back to you for a smaller fee. I mean, I do. I'll also have a key as well. Right. And I keep that in my car. Yeah. So there you go. That's exactly uh, that's exactly the level of security. Yeah. I mean, if you are going to break in, can you at least steal that fucking couch? Because um, I've still not gotten rid of it, and it's blocking the door. Man, that's I don't know. I, I don't know if I could get any money for it. <laughs> that's what the person who I bought what, it off said. Well, well, after I spend all my money and, and I fucking fuck my life up again, I'll have a place to sleep. <laughs> God. So here's the thing. I've spoken to heroin addicts before, and I've always been cured. I mean, I've taken drugs. I've taken drugs in the past. I've taken drugs He's in the past. He's tried them once or twice. I've never taken... Uh, heroin's one of the ones that I've never taken. Yeah. It's always I've, the one no one's taken. It's no, funny. Because, because it's the one that, generally speaking, the consequences feel like the worst. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So with, with Coke yeah. or something like that, I feel like you have to really sort of lean into it. Like, like you, 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 you have to really sort of um, be involved in it in a couple of months, and then you're like, oh, I appear to have uh, developed a habit. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I really need to knock this on the head, and that will involve some serious discipline on my part. Whereas with heroin, it feels like the kind of thing where you try it once, and then you go, I appear to be hooked for life, and the only way to not do this again is to board myself in a room for three weeks, basically train spotting. Right. That's, I think that train spotting, it came out at a time when I was probably just old enough to watch it. Right. And ever since then, I've gone, that's the one that I don't want to. What's interesting is in all my years being in recovery, I've seen cocaine ruin more lives than heroin. Really? It's a bit more socially acceptable. Well, yeah. is it one of those where it's like, I can stop anytime I want, so I'll start. And Whereas, everyone does it. And it, because it doesn't have as much stigma around it. And yeah. Cokeheads tend to surround themselves with other cokeheads. Yeah, yeah, and as yeah. As long yeah, as yeah. none of them are stealing granny's purses and shit like that, yeah. none of them think they're that bad. And also, as well, you go, well, I'm not as bad right. because my mate fucking Jimmy does even more than I do. And he's all right. But then Jimmy knows somebody. He goes, right. well, I'm not that bad because I've still got my house. You the, know, whereas the, this guy. The thing I notice about the difference between heroin and coke, too, is if you do heroin, as long as you have the drug, you can kind of function. Whereas coke, the nature of the drug is, okay, tw- every 20 minutes to half an hour, you got to do more. Yeah, yeah, And then next thing you know, you've been up for three days. Yeah, And yeah, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. going to work like that. Like, yeah. you're fucking fucked. Yeah. Like your fucking jaws going like a badly dubbed foreign film, you know? Yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, boss, yeah, it was kind of an interesting week. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah. So, whereas heroin, if you if in, there's lots of people who do this, yeah, and that's why like rock stars and stuff, yeah, and artists and painters and all this can are quite creative because if you keep the sweet spot, it actually opens up your mind because you have no inhibitions and you're just. Oh, okay. As long as you have the, the the drug and you're staving off the withdrawals and you don't do too much. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll be honest be with like you. A drink. I've never felt closer to <laughs> wanting to try it yeah. than right now. Um, okay, so I'm here's like the, the thing spokesperson. Is, I am <laughs> the heroin as a sole member of the heroin community. I have um, uh, I've had friends who've obviously like you know been heroin addicts or yeah. whatever, and I've sort of always asked them like, what does it feel like to try? Because that's the one that I'm curious about. What does it feel like? And they've all sort of said it's fucking amazing. Right? It's 
nothing comes close. Right. Nothing is anywhere near as good. Right. And like, there's a reason that everyone fucks their lives up right. for it's, it. It's like sending like a coworker, if you have like a proper job, like a female coworker, a risky text, like a flirty <laughs> one. And then, and, then, and then she sends you back a nude and money. Oh really? Yeah, that's a, it's it's like so the ultimate like a, lottery. Ooh, yeah, you're like, and then oh, yes, yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah. so it feels like a gamble at the beginning, yeah. like a big risk that pays off massively yeah. Yeah. every time. It, it's it's the ultimate. I say it. I have this these jokes I do about it on stage, but basically what it is is it's if you can think back in in any time of your life where you were just worried about something, stressed out, and then comfort and relief came. It's oh, like okay. that times a million. Like that a, relief. Like a giant blanket just, of just chill. Just I'm okay. Really? Yeah. So it's not it's not a buzz, it's a <sighs> Yeah, it's but it's it's I can't even articulate the uh, it it This it, is what everyone that, says. And that's why you get addicted to it. Because it, it through life we all have stress. All yeah, the yeah, time, yeah. no matter what, no matter who you are. Imagine that's just removed. Instantly. Gone. Okay. Plus a euphoric feeling. That does sound good. Plus confidence, plus no inhibitions, plus like, yeah, it, it it's it, yeah, it's it's indescribable. But <laughs> the problem is, it feels so good, you'll ruin your life. Oh, really? Because yeah. you don't want to feel anything else. And then you do it for a month or two, and then you go, okay, yeah, you know what? I've had some fun. I'm going to stop. Then you have physical withdrawals. Oh then shit! Then you shit yourself. And you really? Can't sleep. Yeah. yeah. Oh fuck! And then you're like, actually, this is yeah. making my life even worse. Yeah. Now. And then you're like, okay, well, how do I make this shit and not being able to sleep go away? Okay, more heroin. Yeah, if only there was a thing that would solve these withdrawal symptoms and also make me feel really chilled out about the situation. Aha. Some of that heroin that I've uh, been taking. Oh, shit. And every every few decades, these pharmaceutical companies think they come up with something that's like that. And then it ends up... Heroin was originally developed as a morphine cure, a morphine addiction cure. Oh, really? Fuck. And then it ended up, look, here we are. Shit right. me. Yeah. So it, it must be a fucking cunt to get off then. It can be. Yeah. It's uh it's the physical withdrawal is pretty bad. I quit smoking though. I'd say quitting smoking's worse. Get off. Because you can't stop thinking about it with cigarettes. I think it's the easiest thing in the world, quitting really? smoking. Yeah, yeah. I so when I came back from uh I did a tour of Asia and over there like cigarettes are like zero fucking pounds. Do you know right. like it's so cheap. The only thing that you have to think about is, okay, well, I'll just make sure that I always have cigarettes on me right. because, like, the only... It's not, cost is nothing, so it's all about, like, just can I be asked ever going to the shop? Right. No. So, you know, especially because there's no fucking pavements in it. Right. In, right. in the whole of the fucking Everything's continent. Everything's a rickshaw, and you just don't always feel like talking. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, God. And I don't want to have the haggle, do you know what I mean? I don't want to get someone Oh, yeah, because there, nothing's a set price. You no, all, it's all, not. And yeah. I, 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 I took to... I hate haggling so much. Mm-hmm. So... I took to going over there and I'd be like, look, listen, right, I know that it costs this much money. I know that it costs, say, 10000 of whatever your fucking currency is. I will give you fifteen for us to not have the conversation. Right. So you've made money. You've made even more than what... It's a 50% markup. Come on now, let's not be greedy. And then yeah. they go, nah, 30000 And you go, <laughs> fuck you. I'll go to the next person because there are millions of you and I know that one of you... I just resent having to have this stupid conversation. But I, I, I understand I totally get it because they look at me and I don't look Asian in any way. I very much look like a, what they would consider to be a cash cow. 
right. quite clearly have more money than they do. Yeah. And so, of course, I'm going to get ripped off. Look, I mean, at the end of the day, if I was a taxi driver and let's say one in every four people that I picked up were Arab sheikhs yeah. with like millions of pounds and Rolexes yeah. and fucking big fat gold chains and, you know, like they were clearly billionaires. I'd be like, oh, yeah, you want a five-minute taxi? That is £370, please. Because, right. of course, yeah. why wouldn't you try and rip people off who've got infinitely shitloads more money? Right. So I get it. I just couldn't be asked with a faff. Anyway, when I came home from uh, uh, from Asia, I was smoking 40 cigarettes a day. And I was like, oh, this is not a great place right, to be. Right, that's a lot, actually. Um, and so I just... And I quit, I'd quit smoking before... But the problem is, is that I'd found it so easy to quit that I just sort of started again because I was like, fuck it. But um, I quit. And one of the ways that I quit was I just, I, I read somewhere that a craving lasts for three minutes. And so even though it feels like it's longer, the actual physical idea of a craving lasts for three minutes. So the key is to keep your brain occupied. Right. So what I'd do is I'd download this chess app and I'd like solve little chess puzzles for three minutes whenever I had a craving. So people would be outside in the smoking area fucking, you know, having a fag and that. And I'd be doing the Sicilian defense on a fucking iPhone 8 or whatever. And so, by having a fag, it means blowing a guy. That's Oh, is that still in your head? Is that still what having a fag means? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So whenever people say, let's go outside and... It's funny, though, if you... Like, I have some jokes where I actually use the word faggot and people are like, oh... it," And they say, oh, that's homophobic. I, say, I thought it meant cigarette here. I thought that was my in. Well, 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 fag means cigarette, right. but then you're adding three extra letters. And that changes <laughs> that changes it? Well, yes, as with every word. Right. <laughs> like, Damn. There's, there's, I, I can't think of I, any I, words. I thought that was how I was going to sleep, like, sleep or sell my homophobia. <laughs> I, I can't think of any words, but you can add more letters and it still means the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, uh, I'm, I imagine every American and every fucking Canadian has come over here and made a stupid joke on stage about fag. Right? Yes, yeah, it's, it's very right. common. Yeah, uh, it's the sort of I like, caught that right away. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, immigrant hack. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. So there's certain things who from people who maybe necessarily aren't born in the UK, there's certain things that they'll say when they come over here that are like standard bits. So if you're from America, like, hey, you're going to go have a fag, right? And then there's another thing as well. There's a place in, uh, not far from here, actually, about an hour away, called Clitheroe. Uh, and it's spelled C-L-I-T-H-E-R-O-E. And so it sounds an awful lot like Clit Hero. And then I'm sure there's places down south you know, in like weird places in fucking Cornwall and shit, they're called like fucking, you know, Scrumpy Bottom or something right. like that. So there's some shit like that that gets mentioned. There's uh, one, uh, Charlton Come Hardy. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, there yeah. you go, just outside of Manchester. So weird, weird English place names gets mentioned. Um, uh, British um, reservedness as opposed to American over-enthusiasm gets mentioned a lot. So right. it's like, you know, over here, you guys are like this. But in America, right. yeah. someone gives us a handshake and we're like, woo, yeah, you know, all right. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's other stuff as well, like, for example, America, New Zealand. Uh, if New Zealand comics come over here, I've genuinely lost count of the amount of New Zealand uh, comics that have uh, come out and mentioned about uh, the rugby team being called the All Blacks. Or and the the soccer team is called soccer team. Good God, the football team is called the All Whites, I think. And then they have something 
the old cocks as well as something. It's right. like it's really like yes, you know, like like. But the thing is, is the audiences haven't necessarily heard. That's it. true. So yeah. audiences are like, oh, this is great. It's funny, and I'm learning. But <laughs> comics go, oh, they're doing that. I've just come over here, set. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Welsh people do it as well. Oh, really? Like, eh? like, oh, yeah. well. So and they're uh, just right there. Yeah, it's right there. But Welsh do a lot of like in Wales, we have a word for this, and right. it's like, for example, um, a microwave. I think in Wales is called something like a a, a ponty ping or something like that, or something. Si- there's lo- there's lots of lovely, silly Welsh names for things that are really like, oh, what a nice little, oh, that's quite nice, and then they build it into their set, and everyone goes, oh. Like that, and you know, so there is like standard, you know, over here, over there, hack, right? Yeah, yeah. but it'd be the same thing as if, like, um, you know, as if I went out to and did stand up in America or Canada and stuff, I bet there'd be things that I would mention. Yeah, it's like uh, every fucking English guy that comes out here mentions those things. Like, oh, it's so far. The what the the standard hack one that the English do when they get to Canada is like, oh, just so you know, we're your imperial power or something like that. Like, oh, really? Because the British, uh, the Queen Empire, of England is, yeah. the, is the oh. head of state of Canada. Mm. Yeah, that's our that's our sovereign. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're still a Commonwealth country in Canada, right? So the, the English will come over, they go, oh, look, uh, I'm your leader. Some some variation uh, of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. God, that sounds dreadful. <laughs> what a way to immediately cunt off an entire room of people yep. Yep. what what a absolutely because i mean i mean the first two minutes of any comedy set are pretty much you going come on you'll like me come on <laughs> you're, you're gonna like me right. what a weird way to go in and go i own you all yep. that's holy shit man yep that's 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 one i've seen a lot of uh, british comics do yeah wow that is a fucking <laughs> that is a swerve that is a fucking swerve have you done comedy in north america no, I've never been to North America aside from Florida, which I don't think counts. Right. Um, so I went to Florida when I was a kid, as I think every family is like pressured into at some okay. point. Yeah. And then you go over and they're like, look, Disney World. And it's like, I'm 15. Like, like don't get me wrong, mum and dad. I appreciate that you saved up for about seven years to take me here, but you've missed the key childhood moment where I would have found this magical. Right, like, right, right. Like, A couple years too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm now more into, like, drinking cider and trying to finger girls. And I don't want my parents here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Than, than going to Disney and, you know, getting a hug off fucking Goofy or something. Right. But I appreciate you've tried. Um, oh, fun fact. Back to prison just for a second. In, in Canadian prisons, the, oh, word, yeah, no the one, word goof... Yeah, is a bad word to call someone. Oh, it's what like a racial slur. Not necessarily racial. It, it it it's sort of an undefined thing that could mean sex offender, could mean like child rapist, could mean police informant, could mean thief, like prison. Thief. Oh, so it's like your rats. Yeah, or yeah. But like it's, that. it's 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 pedo rats, sort of. But it, <laughs> it, it, it 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 it's very flexible. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I you don't need to be a rapist for me to call you a goof. Oh, okay. But if I call you a goof and you don't do anything, You're then you are a goof. Wow. Yeah. So you've, you've been in prison. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. How How long have you been in prison for? Last time I was in, I was in for seven years. Whoa, yeah. that's a long time. But I was in since I was a kid. So, like When I got out in 2007, I had spent more than a third of my life in prison. Shit. Yeah. Do you know what is... It's, so over here... 
uh, like they say seven years, they go, all right, okay, you get seven years. But really you get three and a half years, right. and it's only if you're a bit of a cunt that you get seven. Oh. So so seven means you do three and a half, right. but you might do seven if you're a prick about it. So I was serving a nine-year sentence, and I did seven of the nine. Oh, before they went, you're not a, a prick anymore. I got a parole, yeah. And I fucked up. Well, I'd gotten a parole before, and I robbed a bank. And then you I robbed got, a bank? Yeah, and I got sent back. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, I've done a couple things before comedy. I've had a, yeah. So you robbed a bank. Yeah. So right, okay. Yeah. I want to know everything about this because I've watched bank uh, robbing films before. Yeah, yeah. I'm, mine didn't look anything like that, but it was aggressive okay. panhandling. You know what I mean? Aggressive panhandling. Yeah. So what's go aggressive on? panhandling's a term in in Canada? I've, you have it guaranteed. It's you have the thing here. It's just it's when a panhandler is just like aggressive. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so I'm making fun of the bank robber. It was so lame and stupid. And oh, just, I'm with you. I've heard the term panhandling yeah. before. But Aggressive panhandling is like, no, give me the money. No, like, no, give it. You must have them over here I where they, they won't take no for an answer. Yes, uh, yeah. I know exactly what yeah. you mean. Like, like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I know so what you I, mean. I pestered the woman until she gave me money. Really? <laughs> Pretty well, what, in the bank? So I just walked in. I was all fucked up on... I because think, I think, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. that if you manage to pester a bank clerk yeah. into giving you money... It's her fault. It's her fault. Victim yeah. blame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. No, no. 100% she should be sacked. In yeah. fact, if anything, seven years prison for her yeah. for being a weak bitch That's in right. this situation. Because right. if you if you went there and went... Prison will toughen her up. Give us some money. And she went, nah. And you went... Just go on. Yeah. And she went, no, I'm not giving you any money. I, uh, no. And she went, go do it. Go on, do it. And you, oh, all right, then, okay. That's it, her fault. It was even weaker than that. <laughs> so I was just fucked up, and I ran out of money. So I got on a bus, and I went to the bank, and I leaned across the counter, and I said, this is a robbery. Give me $1,500. And she, and I didn't actually get any money, though, because I was fucked up, and I, I, they gave me what's called a die pack. So it's, it's a wad of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With, 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 yeah, with a little thing inside yeah, it. So and then when you walk out, it's smoke start, pink smoke starts coming out. Yeah. And it's to, it's to uh, signal. You. Well, you get, you get covered in dye and it draws attention because there's smoke billowing out. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So it's hard to get away because yeah. you're essentially a walking fucking, yeah. you know. Yeah, so I did end up getting away that day. But like I said, I was so fucked up. On, on heroin and cocaine, I'd been doing speed balls. It's a mix of coke and yeah. heroin in a shot. That I just, I didn't go in with a disguise or anything like that. And then the next day... So you went in just like, not even wearing those glasses? No, not even. I wasn't even as good, as <laughs> slick as that. Incredible. No. Yeah, and then the next day the police came to the halfway house I was living in at the time and arrested me. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I can only imagine the policeman at the station who was like, hey, officer fucking Canadian surname. What's a common Canadian surname? Smith. Hey, officer Smith. Would you like the single easiest case of your career? The the literal open net of bank robberies. There's this fucking idiot yeah. who has robbed a bank uh, by uh, demanding some money and nothing else. That's his face, and he's covered in paint, and we know where he lives. So go around and yeah, get Yeah, I didn't him. even... The worst thing I did was I didn't even say please. That was it. That was as aggressive as it got. That probably. gave you an extra two years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just thought of something. You asked what a, what a common Canadian name last name would be. These days, it'd be like Wong or Singh. Oh, really? Yeah. Is there a lot of immigration in uh, So where Canada? I'm from in Canada, Vancouver, it's it's 
I think the last time they did a census, it's over 40% Chinese. Do you know what? That makes sense to me yeah. because if you live in a country like China or India that is very packed, yeah. and then you might want to go to somewhere that's very yeah. stretched out. You just said something racist. India packed. Oh, fucking hell. You made a reach with that one. I thought for a minute. I didn't I was know like, it was this kind of podcast. <laughs> Occasionally. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. It's, it's not. Uh, it's not. Disclaimer. No. It is not. YouTube, it's not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got a career to throw away, so I don't want to. Please, please don't cancel me. I don't want to be in fucking yuck yucks making $150 yeah, yeah, so for 45 minutes. Uh, no chance. Is that common um, here? Do comedians actually get cancelled here? Uh, I when would, I say cancelled, I mean they actually can't work anymore. So I would I would say yes, but other people would say no. Okay. So uh, there is debate about that at the moment. I would personally uh, say yes, it is absolutely a thing, and then other comics would say no, it isn't a thing, and right. I think it depends uh, a lot of the time. I think it depends where you lie on the political uh, spectrum of things. Right. And I think that some people have a vested interest for quote-unquote, cancel culture to not be a thing. Right. And so they will look for any reason to for it not to be a thing. Right. And then some people on the other side of the coin are really desperate for it to be a thing. Right. So there are things like, for example, Louis C.K. Yeah, yeah. Now, you could argue that he got cancelled because he got dropped. His, his film got dropped. He got dropped from Netflix. You know, he lost all of his opportunities. Now, did he deserve it? Well, probably. Like, like... And I don't know whether or not cancel cancel culture has to the person has to not deserve it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, some people will say, "Well, he deserved it." And it's like, well, does that change anything? Does that matter? And so there's a debate. And I think the biggest problem with cancel culture, without wanting to go off on too much of a tangent, the biggest cancel uh, the, the biggest problem with it is that <laughs> it it remains almost undefined, right. and it means different things to different people. And so people can't have really have a meaningful conversation about it because everyone is exploring it through different terms. Um, anyway, prison. Yeah. You're big, Speaking of cancer. You're a big crazy goof. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? That's so weird as well because goof is the kind of thing over here that like a um, a really sort of non-threatening gay man right. might call you. Right. Like, oh, you're big goof, you know. Or your mum, like, like if you dropped a, uh, you know, a, a cup and it didn't smash... Oh, what are you like, you big goof? I, you what know. I think is funny. How dare you call me a reckless. What you call pedophiles, nonce. Nonce. That, that sounds like, oh, nonce. That doesn't, that sounds like a cute word. It's like, really? Oh, oh you little nonce. I guess, I guess to a uh, non-English ear, yeah. it might sound a little bit close to nonchalant. Yeah, or something. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm just casually fiddling kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, not really, not really committing to it. Just a little, a little grab here, a little tickly tickle there. Yeah. Um, okay, fair enough. So, so prison, you're in there for seven years. Yeah. What's it like in Canadian prison? Because... Like, I watch, like, Banged Up Abroad right. and stuff like that. And, you know, foreign prisons... I, I think it's the, the the further east you go, the worse they start to look until you get to Japan, and then they start to look better. Right, and then it, then you keep... Then it turns into west. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so far east, it's west yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, Canadian prisons are, like... Easiest way to describe them is that they're, they say, sorry, A, eh, after the rape. Oh wow! Yeah. So it's so it's polite bummage. Yeah, yeah. yeah Shit. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Hey. And, so so and then like the, the 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 shivs are made out of moose moose antlers and stuff. Do like you know that. what's really interesting is like 
So I've like watched loads of like prison things over here, and people go like the whole being bummed in the showers thing is not that's a thing. bullshit. Yeah, yeah that's like bullshit. Like yeah. no one does. That's that. the only, first thing I get asked all the time is it's so insulting to they go were you raped? <laughs> not even are there rapes? It's were you raped? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, why do you think I was the one being raped? Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. think I'm capable of a rape? Well, also as well, I think I was that working out, man. If you were in prison, I think that you would be the top rapist. <laughs> That's what he was going to say. That's going to say. That's exactly what I was going to say. I like king, big guys with beards. King too. of the bums. Yeah. Um, so no, it's it bullshit. It's total bullshit. Um, in prison culture in Canada, if you raped someone, you're the bad guy. Like, you'll get fucking killed for well, doing that. Well, they do that over here as well, yeah. is that there's a hierarchy of people. Yeah. So at the bottom of the ladder, there are like rapists and child molesters yeah. and stuff like that. And then slightly above them, but still really low, is like people who've killed like women and children. Yeah. yeah. And then slightly in, in, in my head now, now I'm making it up, but in my head, like fraudsters are like the nerds of the prison. Right. Right. And uh, they're like the fucking like jocks or whatever, like the armed rock, right, like, yeah, yeah. like the ones that have gone for GBH and stuff yeah. or whatever. And then everyone else is just kind of like, you know, normal and that. But so, And then so one it, old man runs the prison and he's the most unassuming old man. Right. In Canada, it's uh, so rapists and child molesters and slightly above them. Okay. Uh, rapists and child molesters, informants, Ex-cops, oh, ex-things oh. like that. They're all kind of yeah, like yeah, down yeah. at the bottom. Slightly above them is domestic violence or killing women. Oh, okay. right. Okay, okay. And then after that, this offense itself isn't really... A bother. That's not what determines your social credit yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. prison. It's, uh, it's more how you conduct yourself or if you can get drugs. Oh, really? And by the way, just like in comedy, like where people will work with fucking scumbags if they have spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in prison, you can be the biggest child molester, but if you can if you can bring heroin, in, <laughs> those kids all made it up. It's all bullshit. <laughs> I mean, yes, he's a pedo, but some of the stuff that he brings in is super. Yeah, like. It, 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 it's, it's something about that pedo. It makes it so, the heroin so much each, better. Each to their own. Yeah. Each to their own as far as I'm concerned is, because that smack that he brings in is superb. Yeah. Is Shit. it like that here in comedy too? Like in Canada, because there's so few bookers, people will overlook the most fucking unethical scumbag behavior to work to get the like $50 spot. Mm. Is, there, is it like, or will people blacklist... People who act like shit. Bookers, I mean, more than comics. Ooh, that's a tricky question. Right. Um, ooh, that's a really tough question, right. actually. I would say that if you are a comedy booker who books uh, several spots, um, and I'm talking maybe, you know, uh, at least one weekly comedy club. Right. Um, I would say that you are in a position of power right. where you can get away with more messed up behavior right. than if you are a just a comic. Right. Now, what I say by messed up behavior, I mean like just being a bit of a cunt. Right, yeah. So if you are somebody who, let's say, is just a bit hard work to be around and not necessarily particularly a nice person, right. then people will overlook that because you've got a weekly comedy club. Right. Whereas with comedy... But the thing is, is, number of people with weekly comedy clubs is, 
you know, in the tens, right. and number of really good professional acts is in the hundreds. Right. So naturally, you know, you're held to sort of different standards of behaviour. However, if you are a comedy club who uh, doesn't pay their acts, or uh, if you are like the head of a comedy club and you are like, um, you know, like a, a perv or whatever, then that will, um, I think that I think there will be some people that will still work for you, but the majority of good acts will swerve you because they can be booked elsewhere. See, the thing is in Canada, because there's so few, the pro- all the problems in Canadian comedy come from a, a, a because there's a scarcity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can be, and this is one of the things I hated about doing comedy in Canada, we could be comedy buddies, right? Right. Booker will rip me off. Yeah. And you'll be like, hey, I still got, he didn't rip me off though, bro. And I'm like, come on, man. Fuck. Like he's going to keep ripping people off if you work for well, him. Well, that's yeah. literally exactly what ha- happened. Oh God. It's literally exactly what happened with Jonglers. So. Okay. Yeah. I heard of them. Uh, do you know Ron yeah. Vaudry? Did you ever meet him? Yes. Yeah. Briefly. Yeah. Uh, he, he told me about this. Sure. Yeah, I, so, but I don't know. I just, um, the name just. I'm going to give a really abridged version yeah, of sure. it, to be honest with yeah. you. But in the nineties and the two thousands, uh, Jonglers was a huge name in live comedy. And it was a chain. Right? Yeah, it yeah. was a chain. And they ran comedy clubs pretty much in every city. Right. Packed out. They were, they were never the best. Some of the gigs were superb. Some of them were fucking shit. Yeah. Um, but there was some dodginess and they relaunched and, you know, whatever. Um, and the gigs basically went on a rapid decline. Uh, I would say at around about 2004. 14 maybe and i just started working for them right and it used to be again in the 90s back in the day if you worked at junglers you were made it was like being made in a gangster film you were just untouchable the gigs might not have been great but you would be making thousands of pounds you know every week regularly oh wow oh the money back in the day was fucking unbelievable um comics were on like the same money that gps were on it fucking mental anywho uh, what happened is uh, they the, the gig started to rapidly decline, and so to get numbers through the door, they started relying more and more on Groupon and you know things. You know what Groupon is, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, and then obviously, I think with stuff like that, once people know that your product is on Groupon, they are never paying full price for it again. Right. Like for example, I can't recall the last time I didn't. Like, I had a Domino's pizza not on a Tuesday. Right. Because it's two for Tuesday. Right. So why the fuck would I get one on Monday? Like, when I can get two on Tuesday and, you know, it's half the price or whatever. It's the same shit. Why would I buy a ticket for you full price when I know that you are going to do some sort of giveaway or it's going to be on Groupon? And so that actually shifted volume in, but they still really struggled to sell tickets. And it became a, a real decline where, uh, you know, people eventually just stopped going because the product was not great. And they struggled to pay people and they went under um, at some point and they were not paying people. But then right. other people were still working for them because they were like, well, they're still paying me. And in the end, they went bust and went out and owed everybody money. And I think they'd been bust before before that as well. Right. Uh, but the writing was so on the wall and people still continued to work for them, you know, still continued to, you know, put money in their pockets or whatever. And then in the end, everybody got stung. And the reality of the situation is that it never needed to go that far because if they'd have gotten to the point where 
you know, all comics sort of sat around and said, look, listen, there's so many of us not getting paid that now none of us work there until they've cleared that backlog or whatever. Right. Um, but the fact of the matter is this, is that if I live 300 miles away, it's an awful lot easier for me to uh, take a stand against a comedy right. club than if I live 10 minutes away. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, if, if it's my local and it's 10 minutes drive and they're still paying me, then I kind of, it, it makes it really hard for me to turn my back on it because right. some guy 300 miles away has got beef. Right. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so that's how it, and there was another comedy club like that called Rip Roar in Bristol and, you know, they stopped paying people and, you know, it's it's a tricky, it's, it, it's a tricky situation. But to answer the question that you asked um, 40 minutes ago now, because I feel like I've been talking for so long, yeah, Generally speaking, um, you know, promoters can get away with more, but that's because there's less of them. Right. But I don't think that they can get away with as much, or at least I'd like to think that they can't get away with as much nefarious shit as what they used to. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I noticed comics do seem to protect the money more here, which I like. I like a look at that. Like, they... Like bringers are looked down upon and stuff like that. Outside of London, bringers don't happen. Yeah, and it's like... I've just seen conversation on those forums where like people will, will um, jack someone up if, if they're trying to do something kind of like where the pay isn't good or, or it's kind of a, like, look, has a quasi scam kind of a. Yeah, because yeah. you, you, you have to keep a standard. Yeah, you have to keep a standard. And the way that this circuit is built is that everyone kind of knows each other and everyone's kind of, you know, your reputation does genuinely, it, it means a lot amongst right. other, you know, not necessarily open micers, but um, amongst professional comics, the reputation does mean a lot. So, for example, I had a uh, an inquiry literally yesterday from a person that's opening a comedy club in Dubai and the money is good, uh, but they just seem a bit dodgy. Right. There's just little things that they're saying that don't make total sense to me. Like they're saying, like, "Oh, we're going to have two comedians and a host." Uh, brackets. We already have a comper, and it's like, "Well, why would you want two comedians and a host if you have a, the host is the comper?" Like, what? Right. What the fuck are you talking about? Right. So it's little things like that. They go, oh, "We'll be doing a standard standard thirty minute set," and it's like, "Well, twenty minutes is the standard." Like little things that you go, "Well, you don't really know what you're talking about here." So in my head, we go, well, is this real or is it a scam? Right. And there's already been loads of us messing each other like, have you had a message from these guys? What do you think? Like, do you, you, you know, because it's all, it's all interconnected. Right. Like, I'm waiting on payment at the moment from a couple of comedy clubs. And, you know, I already know loads of other people that are waiting on payment from the same people because... You know, we all sort of talk in a way and, you know, it all gets connected. You don't even have to reach out to people. You know, I've, I've, I mean, I don't really send people messages. I'm like, have you been paid from so-and-so? I just don't. But it just comes back to right, you. Do right, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like in conversation or right. whatever. So I think the circuit being hooked up in that regard is is a good thing. And it's a way that you keep the standards. So far, I've seen from just coming from Canada, I see it's a, it's a superior system you guys got over here. Mm-hmm. And again, a lot of it boils down in Canada. It's just scarcity. Yeah. It's the biggest problem. And, and if you have scarcity, then you have more unscrupulous behavior and more like step on your face kind of, I don't give a shit about you. It's all about me at all times. And, yeah, but and the- I know comics are like that sort of inherently, but it's, when you don't, when the money, when you're all fighting over crumbs, yeah, well, it, it increases that kind of shit. The right? problem with everything is a lack of competition. Right. So, 
uh, I mean, at the moment, if there's one comedy club in a city, yeah. then you kind of have to be bound by the rules of whoever it is that owns that comedy club. Right. And if that person is a bit of a fucking mental, yeah. like I have put up with people before that I really do not like as people, not because they're bad people or anything, but just because I just don't like them. But I've had to be really nice and put up with the fucking shit because they run a gig that I really want to play. And for whatever reason, they're in a position of power. And I can't be like, ah, oh, will you just shut up? You know, in my fucking heading. Because I know that I won't work in that, that, that place before. Um, I mean, there was a guy who literally really pressured you to go out and drink with him after a gig. Right. Uh, and I, 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 I want to go home. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to fucking drink with you in a in a sad pub somewhere. Uh, but I used to go out and have a drink and stuff, and I, I like having a drink and shit, and especially if the other acts on were out as well, it didn't make it too bad, but if it was just you and him, it was like, oh, dear God. Like, you're staying out and drinking, and I, I remember I was like, nah, man, i got to get home. And at the time, like, I... Uh, it sounds so daft, but, like, my, my dog was ill, yeah. and so I, like, wanted to, like, you know, get back early and sort of be with my dog and that, because I, I had to look after him during the day. And you could say that he was like, all oh, right, okay, you know, whatever. And then I I didn't play the club again for 18 months. Right, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, like I'd gone from having like four, you know, four gigs in there a year to not playing a year and a half. I'm like, oh, okay, there, I know what happened. I know what happened. I didn't go out when you wanted to have a drink. And there's loads of stories. Maybe it was different. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong and I had a really bad gig. I doubt that, but, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, that doesn't happen. doesn't exist. No, it uh. doesn't, do, doesn't happen or exist. <laughs> but the thing is, is if you have competition, yeah. then you're not beholden to right. the rules of... So if I, if, if there are, I'm going to pick a fucking comedy club off the top of my head, like, say, Sheffield. Now, at the moment, there's one or two comedy clubs in Sheffield, uh, uh, let's say there were five. Like, well, if one of them is not paying and one of them doesn't pay well, this isn't true, by the way, yeah. but I'm just I'm just making a complete, you know, example. If one of them doesn't pay well, then you can just choose to not do it. And yeah. if one of them doesn't pay their acts on time, you can just choose to not do it because there's another three yeah. that are there. And what will happen is all the best acts will choose to do those three right. and they'll get better. Yeah. And the other two will get left behind right. and they'll either go out of business, which they should, yeah. or they will um, uh, have to raise their standards right. and sort their shit out if they want to get these top acts back. And so the way of holding standards for me is to have more competition. Now, I, I think that people don't necessarily understand what that means a lot of the times. I think they mean it means set up an open mic on a Saturday directly opposite a pro gig right, and, right. you know, protect, you know, put on a poster that it's the best comedians in the world. It, it doesn't mean that. Um, and I would definitely feel an awful lot different if I ran a weekly comedy club. I would not want anyone else. No. You no, know, no. of course. of course. But as an act, I'm like, yeah, the more the merrier. Right, right. So yeah. obviously it comes it, from my it, perspective. It, 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 and it seems like sometimes bookers and con like bookers or bars or, or whatever, both, and comics have con con conflicting interests at the end of the day, right? We want as many gigs as possible for as much money as possible. And they bookers basically want as much money as possible. And and like not and not have to deal with a bunch of bullshit from comedians. I agree with that sometimes, and I disagree with it other times. Because what I would say to that is that the best uh, bookers in the country, and I'm talking about your hot water comedy clubs, uh, your uh, you know uh, comedy stores and stuff. They're not um, they're not money focused, right? So they generate a lot of income, 
but it's because I think the glee is like this as well. The, the, they, they generate a lot of income, but it's because they're not focused on the income. They don't wait for somebody to get in the door right. and go, right, let's try and get as much out of these people as possible. Let's put the drinks prices as high as we can. Right. Let's charge £10 for nachos. Let's do this. Because they know that they won't come back. What they do is they focus on the comedy and they make the stand-up as good as it can possibly right. be. And then they go, well, they'll come back and they'll spend because they're enjoying themselves because the stand-up is so great. I actually think it's the bookers that are money-obsessed that try and bleed every little bit out of you the minute that you come in that aren't necessarily concerned with how good the comedy is. They're concerned with the bar spend and the maximum spend. Those are the ones that end up struggling because people don't come back. Right. And that's what you need. You need the return customers. 100%. So I don't necessarily know whether or not it is um, bookers and agents that have, uh, sorry, bookers and comedians that have a uh, conflict of interest. I definitely think bookers and agents have conflicts and interests. Oh, okay. It baffles me when people are like, um, I am a, uh, I, I'm the agent and I also book this comedy club. And it's like, what? Like, it doesn't make any sense. I understand it sometimes, again, like I say, with, with um, some of the bigger agencies and stuff, if you've got, like, big comedians on your books, you know, you can sort of say, well, I'll get them to play your clubs. You know, right, right. I get that. But just like a standard agency and stuff, surely as a as a booker, your job is to get the best acts for the money that you're being given, right. you know, from the venue. And if you're an agent, then your job is specifically to promote your own acts right. and sort of disregard everything else. And so how can you do those two things properly? Either you're going to book a gig and just put your own acts in because right. that's you being an agent. Right. Or you're going to disregard them and book appropriately. That's you being a booker. But then you're actually then you're like... fucking the... Your, yeah. your, your, your so how do you yeah, fucking yeah. work for that? I don't know, man. See, I guess because the thing is, is in Canada, we don't have agents really. Really? Uh, yuck, yucks is it pretty much. Uh, and any agency... And people will argue with me. If any Canadians are watching this, they're going to be like, no, there's agencies. They're more acting agencies that sometimes will get you a stand-up gig. Okay. Yeah, okay. but it's not. they're okay. not comedy agents, right? Okay. There's not enough gigs to do it. Like, really? if, you, if you tried to open up shop as an agent, you wouldn't make any money. There's just not enough gigs to do it, right? Really? Yeah, it's just not. Holy shit. Yeah, man. Like, what a, 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 a comedian in Canada, uh, Byron Bertram, has a joke where he goes, what's an agent going to do 50% of the drink ticket? Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. It, it's, it's just not enough money, and people for pints. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and people will get ideas every few years. They'll be like, "No, I'm going to start an agency, and I'm going to make it work." And then it never does. Yeah, I think with sometimes there's a lot of reasons why things don't exist, and yeah. it's not because no one hasn't thought of them. It's because everyone who knows knows that it's and not a any, great idea. Anytime I would try and run a show anywhere in Canada, and there wasn't already one in that town, for really? example, I'd always be like, "Huh." Why isn't there one in this town? And then you realize... It's because it can't be done. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not because no one tried, right? Yeah. Like, nothing new under the sun. I'm not a visionary, right? So, um, but I like comedy here so far. Um, it's interesting. It's, uh, I, uh, the, I just, I like that there's an actual circuit. I like that there's an actual infrastructure. Yeah. Uh, the comics are nicer. How does it compare to prison? Uh, less sex. Because uh, <laughs> uh, I, I bet that there's a hierarchy in prison. Yeah, though, yeah. Right? It, there's very similar in some ways. Like, I, I, again, I, I haven't been here long enough to totally figure it out. But in, in, in Canada, um, the there is a hierarchy. Yeah, yeah. And definitely not based on funny. It, oh, it, really? Yeah, no, 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 no. It's based on, like, social fucking... 
it's it's very strange. Not always able easy to figure out what the metric is. I can't. It, it definitely middle class though. That thing you said way earlier in the in the interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely based on that. And I've heard. This, well, that's the same thing over here. Oh, really? So what I've heard on podcasts, UK podcasts, particularly right. the ones coming out of London, is. You, do you know uh, Leo Kurse? Yeah, yeah, I know Leo. Yeah, so he he was on a podcast. He was meant to come on this. Yeah, yeah, he I like COVID. Him. I've never met him, but I like <laughs> I like what he does. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like him as a person. To be honest, he's he's a divisive figure, and there's a lot of people that don't like him. If yeah, you don't, then that's fair enough. But I mean, I think he's a yeah, good, yeah. I and think he's a really good comedian. In, in, in Canada, I have a similar reputation. Oh right, you're way, yeah. you're the Canadian Leo Kurse. Sort of, yeah. Not, not <laughs> that's more great. fuckable, um, but. Um, I don't know about that. Well, from men. Uh, okay. Um, uh, so he was saying that one of the problems that, you, it, particularly coming out of London, is that you have these Oxford and Cambridge educated cunts who tend to be the gatekeepers for the cultural uh, gatekeepers, and then unless you're one of them, like they kind of won't let you in, the, in in their little club, or they will, will come after you if you talk yeah. if you're not. Canada is like most of the comics doing anything there are kind of like that. Oh, okay. Right. Because again, how do you afford to do it? So, yeah, I have heard certain things about the Canadian circuit yeah. that I find mental. Like, I heard something about some protest being done in Toronto and some locks being broken because they didn't like the idea of a, a comedy night that yeah. was going to be offensive or something yeah, like yeah. that. Uh, the comics, t- the biggest people who try and shut comedy down in Canada is other comics. Because no one, because in Canada, well, to be honest, that's pretty much the same. Over yeah. Here, but. Okay. So let's see if we can find some similarities. So in Canada, because we're of our proximity to the states, no Canadian comic is famous. Okay. No one knows who any comedians are in Canada. They well, only it's not know, even like Stuart Francis. No. 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 Not anymore. That's it. Maybe ten, fifteen years ago, they would have known because he's not on TV anymore. Okay. There's no Canadian TV that would put him on. Okay. So c- comedians who are popular in Canada are Americans. Oh, right? okay. Yeah, so any Canadian comic. No so one, who's the most famous Canadian comic? Russell Peters, heard. but he's from, he's oh, he, yeah. he's in the States yeah, though, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, Norm MacDonald, but he got it in the States. Yeah, uh, and also is dead. Yeah, I mean, who's, who's currently going in Canada? A guy named Brett Butt, but that's from a TV show. Really? Yeah. I've, I've literally never heard of him. So yeah, yeah, of course, right? Name, so um, anything other than that, no one knows who any of these guys are, right? And so but if I was like, if I, so if I lived in Canada, yeah. um, uh, trying to think of Canadian cities, give me a second. Okay. Uh, I've already mentioned Ottawa and I only have heard of Ottawa because of that fucking truck thing. Yeah. Uh, Toronto. Yeah. That's Van- the biggest city. Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there's a big. Montreal. That was yeah. the one in the yeah. French part. Yeah. Uh, Montreal's where JFL happens, just for laughs. Happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of any more that I know. I f- Quebec. I feel like that's, that's a, a ci- that's a city and a province. Oh, okay, yeah, I meant yeah. the city, no. and not the province. No. Oh god, if you'd asked me to name provinces, we could, we'd be here all day yeah. with me trying to guess one. Yeah. Um, okay, so I mean, if I lived in any of those places and I was really serious about comedy, I'd just go to New York. Yeah, like I just find a hundred, and that's what people do. My problem is I can't enter the states because of my record. Oh, really? I'm not allowed in the U.S. Yeah. Oh, because you not got the citizen. You- no, because of my criminal record. Y- yeah, because yeah. you not got the little citizen pass. Would you have been allowed in 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 here because of uh, without the Irish citizenship? I, I don't think you probably could would have, have been could have been tough. But yeah, because yeah, I, yeah. they can't refuse me entry. It's, right. So. It's an interesting one because, yeah. like, on one hand of that, yeah. like, um, 
you, you probably <laughs> you probably shouldn't be allowed into like like I can understand like if you think of countries like a house and it's your house and you went hey can this ex uh, yeah. armed robbing heroin addict come in you'd be like no especially when you have your own <laughs> ex heroin or current yeah, heroin yeah, yeah. addict robbing people like yeah, you don't need another like, one I don't right think that has no I don't, I, I don't blame you know. anyone yeah i've but, tried to get into the states well, i spent a bunch of money but and they then can't. on the flip side you mentioned you've not really done anything since 2007 yeah so it's like that is a long enough time for people to be like oh, you know I, I think the lesson is just don't rob banks yeah, well yeah That's ultimately maybe just don't do that and then but i feel like they should go all right okay listen right so, obviously, we're aware that you used to be a very naughty boy. So, we're going to let you in. Yeah. But this guy is going to watch you a lot. Right. And the minute that you litter, yeah. we are going to kick you out. Like, like, like we're going to hold you to a slightly more strict standard I, than everyone else. I think you never know what's going to happen in life. I think it's quite possible that could happen one day where I'm allowed in. You reckon? Sure. It it. They let people in all the time. And also the thing is doing entertainment related shit. You never know who might become a fan. You never know. And then they could have some pull and they could, because the thing is the, the, the thing that the, 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 the law that prevents me from entering the States, it's not like a judge or anything needs to overturn. It's administrative. Yeah. And it's just bureaucrats. Yeah. Someone with some pull could like what I do. It's, it's not, this happens in America all the time. And they could just call someone and go, yeah, I like this guy. Let him in. Really? It could happen. It's, it's not beyond the realm of possibility. I feel like that doesn't really happen here as much. No. Like, yeah, I feel like... Entertainment it's... runs a lot of stuff in the States. It's very powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hollywood is way super powerful. Not really over here, though. Really? I, don't, I don't think there's that culture over uh, here. No. You have stars and stuff here, though. You have, like, celebrities here. Oh, like, yes. We don't really have celebrities in Canada. Not really. Really? It's because we're so... We're, the problem is we're so close to the States. Okay. So they have what's called a brain drain, so... But, but why would we have celebrities when we have the greatest mass media producer in human history right there? Sure, yeah. it's it's like it's it's kind of it's, it's a lot harder to sort of build your own media culture than it is just to well, just take that. If one you on were there. to go to Canada, one of the things you'd be amazed by if you if you were there for twenty four hours and just listen to the like watch TV, it's all fucking American, really. And you notice it when you come here is all of a sudden it's not all American. Like you guys mental. have your own media, but whereas you, Canada has little Mickey Mouse rinky dink media, and then it's overpowered by American. Like they they just feed in American TV and shit. That's so weird. Yeah. I mean, especially over here when every region has its own regional news, and we have that too. But it's still no, people watch CNN; they don't watch Canadian. Do you know? I went to the Isle of. I mean, I go to the Isle of Man every month, but I went there last uh, uh, this week, yeah. and they are so fiercely independent over there that they have their own everything. Right. And the very idea of them, like, for example, having, like, uh, English news as opposed to their own thing yeah. would be like them submitting. They'd hate it. Right. So it just seems really weird to me that Canada's Canada like... Canada is notorious for just being... We're, oh, we're too diplomatic. Really? Yeah, we just kind of lay down and take it. That's one of the problems. Canadians, that's why it's also not a good country for comedy because it's like Canadians, they like... Con they like comedy once the person's famous, but they're really all about like that Victorian thing where it's like suppress your emotions, don't stick out, make sure you don't attract attention, all sure. that. Where we 
We never got rid of that. So it's like uh, prudishness. Prudishness in, in a polite way. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. But for some reason, we create some of the best music, actors, comedy, authors. Like Canada is is pound for pound. The the, 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 the artists and entertainers that we've had since our inception is yeah, like yeah, yeah. More, more power. Like for, for its size, it's like, holy shit. Like Mike Myers, Lorne, Lorne Michaels, uh, um... Uh, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> you stopped. Ryan, Ryan Gosling. I'm trying to uh, rush. Uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive. Uh, like, okay. Yeah, there's like I, I, so, so many. Do you feel like in, in, because I've never done comedy in Canada, do you feel like there's a restriction over what you can and can't say on stage over there that comes from other comics? From other comics, but the audience is down for whatever. The audiences are great in Canada. That's the funny thing is, is it's, they're, they're, some of the best audiences. And it's funny because people have, there's this international reputation. I don't know where it comes from where they go, oh, they're really tight-assed in Canada. No, not my experience. Really? Yeah, and but comics there, for some reason, are fucking just, they're really weird about, uh, really, they, they, and I think it's back to the scarcity thing because yeah. I think ultimately, if I get rid of you yeah. or, or tell everyone he's racist or he's whatever, or he sucks or he bombed or he whatever, yeah, that opens up spots for me. I think ultimately that's where it comes oh, from. Oh, really? Yeah. And they're, they're not necessarily thinking that way, but there's a lot of jealousy. There's a lot of insecurity. And I know that's everywhere. I know yeah. that's not unique to Canada. But when you do have more to offer, I think it can modulate it. Okay. And turn it down a little bit. I think that's... First time I met you at hot water last year, uh-huh. you started like you were saying, Oh, here's, here's some things you should do. You yeah. started giving me tips. Yeah. They don't do that in Canada. Well, why? They hoard it, Cause I'm, I'm immediately potentially could take gigs from me. Oh, right. It's immediately okay. seen as a threat right away. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So, okay. and I've heard that about the States too. If you go down to the States and, and we're gigging, you'll be like, Hey, uh, talk to this guy, talk to that guy. He'll, this guy runs gigs. Yeah. Talk to this guy, Canada. No way. Uh uh-uh. uh. There's 10 people or 20 people who get all the gigs in Canada. That's really weird. And it's just a scarcity thing, right? Yeah. That's really strange. I mean, I, I, I still think that over here, people aren't necessarily particularly helpful or anything like that. I, I, Maybe it's like I'm in an abused relationship. It's, 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 more, anything. <laughs> it's more like, I mean, I find sometimes more with like YouTube culture. Yeah. Oh my God, they're incredibly fucking helpful. It's, yeah. you know, you share this and I'll share that right. and you cross promote. I'll come on your channel, you come on my channel. Well, the whole thing is it, 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 is uh, necessitated well, on that. Right? I mean, they've been brought up with this idea that everybody has to uh, come up together. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, like a rising tide raises all ships, as right. it were. Right. I don't think UK comics have the same sort of thing, and I don't think that people are. Re- I don't think they're ready to sort of share their contacts, like their, their intimate contacts. Right, like, right. Like if they had the fucking phone number for the guy that books live at the Apollo, they wouldn't yeah. be like, "Hey, nice to meet you." Yeah, write that down. Do yeah. you know what I mean? But yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's interesting though. It's interesting the differences that you've sort of picked out between UK and, and, and America, and, and maybe Canada. Canada. Uh, uh, Quite a bit, because that's the other thing. Canada and America is quite a bit different when it comes to comedy. Now, I've never done comedy in the States, but I know a lot of Americans, and they tell me. Like, I know, and I know a lot of Canadians who left Canada. I heard heard that when you start, because I've never done comedy in America, but I would love to. One of my dreams is to do comedy in New York. Yeah. 
because that's where all my favourite comedians are from. Right. And I'd quite like to do The Cellar and Caroline's and stuff yeah. because that's where I've seen all of my heroes do comedy. Um, but I've never done it because, number one, I don't really have the contacts. And number two, because it's such an eminently achievable dream, just book a flight to New York. I've just never, <laughs> I've just never bothered. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It feels like if my dream was like climb a mountain or something, then I'd at least train because I because I know that I have to you have to take some preliminary steps to do yeah, it. yeah but with this it's like just book a flight yeah. you know what I mean it's a, a few hundred pounds you could do it now but it's like you know because it's so easy I've never done it right. um but yeah I wouldn't know who to contact over there but I've heard anecdotally from comics that come over here and things I've heard that like they uh it, it's common when they start that they'll do a, a three minute spot to start yeah, yeah. That's insane. Or pay-to-play shows, too. Someone, yeah. someone even said 90 seconds is what they get, like Laugh Factory or something. You'll go on stage, and in 90 seconds that you get, that's insane to uh, me. What's common is you'll have these open mics that run for seven hours and things like that, too. What? Yeah, just they start in the afternoon, and they go till, or they start, like, or. 5 or 6 p.m. But who yeah. the hell is who the hell is watching that? It's kind of a novelty, I think. I think it's just such a, a in the comedy store in LA. Yeah. Uh they that's one of their that's one of their things and people actually go and watch it cuz there's all kinds of freaks and weirdos who who do it, right? Oh, okay. So there's there's that kind of uh, uh, like uh, I guess novel novelty is the only word I can think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they'll have different audiences all throughout the night. Yeah, because people will come and go. Yeah, yeah. And then there'll be one person that the compo will reference. Yeah. There'll be one gnarly fucking veteran yeah. that got in at R4 and yeah. sat in that one seat and yeah. hasn't missed. Yeah. You know, no. not even gone to the toilet yeah. or anything, not even broken eye contact. 100%. Serial killer. And Canada has some versions of that where you'll go to an open mic and 50 comics will be there, right? Yeah. And you got to just, then you wait. And often it's just to other comics. That's the other one. That's It's really common in North America. When you start, you're only performing for comics. It's There's very no similar audience. as well to uh, to London. Right. So the London scene in itself is uh, is is different to um, to the rest of the country. In that, again, bringers over there, where you have to bring an audience member, pay to play right. is still a thing over there. And the way that they get away with it is because there are people who will do it because yeah. stage time is at a premium and there are way more people yeah. in London who want to do comedy than there are spots. Right. Whereas if you put a pay to play on in Manchester or Liverpool, people would go, what the, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Like, no. And in fact, people have tried that stuff and the rest of the circuit have gone, no, none of us are doing this. And that's what keeps the quality. Right. And and whereas in Canada, that, that sort of uh, um, safeguarding, the, the, the sort of system correcting itself doesn't really exist. Yeah, because if I if I live at the other end, if I live in Montreal and you're setting up a pay-to-play in fucking Vancouver, yeah, why, do, why do I give a shit? It's yeah. like thousands of miles right. away. Yeah. Whereas with this, like, you, you know, because everywhere is close. Yeah. It's so much easier to go, well, I actually go to... Like, for me personally, I don't live in London. I don't give a shit what happens there. But I'll fucking do weekends there, you know, maybe three times a year or whatever. And so I naturally care about... Another really interesting thing that's happening in London at the moment, I don't know if they have this in uh, Canada, but it never used to be a thing, is... um, like themed nights, as it were. Yeah, it's pretty common in Canada. Because in Canada, the general public doesn't give a shit about comedy. They don't go to comedy like they do here, right? Okay. It's really hard to get people to go to comedy. Okay. So most shows, just to say one thing, then I'll get to answering that. Most shows are papered. 
what they call it in Canada, meaning the tickets themselves were given away or a large portion of them were. What? And the club makes their money off the drinks. What? Yeah, because people don't want to go. They don't give, unless it's a famous American. People don't really care about comedy. Like, by and large, they don't really care about comedy in Canada. Really? Yeah. So, one way to get people in the door is have a theme. Themes, for some reason, make it more... So, what sort of themes? Ladies only, LGBT, black, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not exaggerating. Dungeons Uh, and Dragons uh, comedy. Sci-fi, Star Wars, uh, dating, a a Tinder theme. So, so Dungeons and Dragons-themed comedy... Gets more people through the door. Than standard, like some of the best comics in Canada. Oh, dear yeah. God, that sounds horrific. It, it, and again, the problem is in Canada, unless you're, they don't know anything about Canadian comedy. So there's no, it's not part of the culture. That's a massive, massive problem. That's yeah. like, it is, br- when that happens, you have to go, well, our circuit is broken, like fundamentally. Because there's no way in hell that Dungeons and Dragons comedy should be getting more no, than no, it's insane. And, and, and people are all scared to speak up about it because they're afraid of criticizing the people who run everything because then they won't get booked, right? Oh yeah, so it's just a race to the it bottom, just, isn't it? and it's just around and around you go. And yeah, I mean, I mean, there's theme nights over here. There's not really that. I, they're all open mic nights. Yeah, the themed nights that are like you know dating fucking comics. Right. And stuff, yeah, yeah. You know, Tinder tales. That's yeah, what, do you have that over here. Uh, something yeah. probably similar. Do you know what I mean? Horrible like, date stories. And it's the kind of, kind of thing that you might find in London or whatever. Yeah. It's it's fine. One thing that they do have that I find really interesting, specifically in London, is they have nights that are specifically um, builders' safe spaces. Yeah, that's. Um, sort of common in Canada. So too. they have one particularly that I'm thinking of off the top of my head called Quantum Leopard, okay. um, which is billed as this safe space, all inclusive, and you get a list of things, you know, no transphobia, no uh, sexism, racism, ableism, uh, fucking punching down. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's some stuff like, don't be racist. It's like, well, yeah, I know. Do you know what I mean? Like, but that's subjective, though. Like, what's racist? Well, in a joke. Well, you know? yeah. Well, the thing is, is it's like I'm not going to go on there and deliver deliberately provocate people through racism. Hundred percent. Of, of course, I'm not going to do that. But stuff like no punching down. It's like, what the hell does that even? That's who, the problem. Who, with who, who who gets to decide if I'm punching down or punching up? Like, do you not know, like right. like what are we like? It, well, it I've, just seems I've seen like a pe- weird I've system. I've seen people say. It, it, on the internet and 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 people even it with involved in comedy say if you even mention for example trans people in the joke you don't have a right to yeah, not yeah, even yeah. allowed to mention the subject of even That's... even if it's about to be a pro like sure. oh my god I love trans people so much you're not allowed to talk about it and that would be my three opening jokes there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah I I don't care about that I'm no, not I'm uh, not having anybody tell me what I can or yeah and or I'm the same can't say on and stage. In, in Canada back to something we were talking about is um so the safe space they don't really do safe there's some safe space shows in Canada but the okay there's lots of shows where you can just do whatever you want but again there's no money. Yeah. The money shows tend to be curated pretty heavily. Okay. So that means they don't, it's not officially safe space, but a guy like me can't do them. Okay. For example. Okay. And uh, unless I have some kind of cachet, either through online following and I can sell tickets, which no one in Canada does, or everyone likes me for whatever reason. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um, but okay. in Canada, they tend to not, like, I've seen your act. You would be considered too edgy 
for Canada. Okay. For I don't the most I think part. you have seen my I think you've seen me do I've seen n- enough new material. A couple things. And oh. I'll, I, oh, check me out online. Even if it's, oh, it's new, like that, no, no, I've, it's seen, like that. I've seen you do I, I've seen you MC and do some some, uh, some bits. <laughs> on, even on your new material, the fact that you would even try some of the stuff oh, okay. would make you too edgy for Canada. Oh, okay. Right? <laughs> you did a trans uh. joke the other night at hot water. Yeah. I won't give away the joke, but you did it. And I'm like, oh, that's that's not bad. But I think immediately thought, yeah, he couldn't do that in Canada. Really? do that in Canada. None of those are bad. The audience would be fine, by the way. Do you know what? It's it's not the audience. Is is I got, uh, well, I got uh, shouted at by a lot of people for doing a trans joke in a special of mine in 2017. Wow. Did trans people even exist back then? Yo, they did. Yeah, they still found out. But the joke was quite bad um, and it offended quite a lot of people and I look back at it and I go I'm not really I'm not really happy with that joke but that doesn't mean that I don't regret saying it because even though I wouldn't do it now the reason I wouldn't do it now is because I look at it and I go that's lazy and I can do better right but the fact of the matter is is that in order for me to get to the point where I can do better I need to be able to do that stuff that's not great. So I need to be able to try something and then fail. Yeah. And then try something and get it half right. Yeah. And then try something and then build on it and get it good. And then some of the stuff that I'm doing now I think is is very good and it mentions trans people, but they're not the butt of any jokes or anything like that. But they were in the previous um bits in a way that was just a bit lazy right and it's like well if i'd have done it again then basically what i'm trying to say is that i like i don't like looking back at the joke but just because i think that i'm better than that right now, yeah but i still morally don't, I don't, you don't I don't, think yeah, yeah i don't think there's a moral issue with it yeah. and i also don't regret doing it because if i didn't make that step then i it wouldn't be where I am here now. yeah, yeah. Totally. And, and, and i i i will always stand on the on the position that comedy is amoral yeah, and also we're trying to make even even if the joke was terrible, I was trying to make you laugh. Yeah. That was my intention. And I mean, I think as well, like everyone wants to have interesting, uh, you know, funny, clever, subversive, edgy, uh, you know, cutting boundary pushing comedy. That's the sort of comedy that ev- most people like to enjoy. But in order for you to get that, you have to acknowledge that some people will get it wrong occasionally because nobody just gets to that point instantly. No. Do you know what I mean? There will be times where even the best comedians will make a routine that's just wrong. And the fact of the matter is that if you use that to lambast them and beat them over the head with it, then you'll never get to that boundary-pushing comedy that everyone wants. I, even, I have somewhat even more of a libertarian view of that. I actually don't really care if the audience gets offended or not like because i think that's their right now not disrupt the show not oh, yeah, I, don't, I don't i don't but if they get upset well fuck that's their you i've know had it so i've had it before yeah. where people have walked out of shows yep. and then afterwards they've come up to me to tell me that they've walked out yep. and i've said well thanks very much yeah. and they always are like what like they expect to have an argument and i say look you were watching something you didn't enjoy it and so you got up and left and right. made minimal fuss and you you removed yourself and put yourself in a place where you'd feel more comfortable. 100%. That's the most adult thing that you can possibly do. And especially with the internet, if you're releasing material online, you, you don't 
once you release that bird, you don't have no control where it goes after that, right? It's different than being in the club that night and telling the jokes for the audience. That's sure, in front the of you. context is different 100%. because the fact of the matter is that if you uh, go to a comedy club, then you pay to watch a comedian and your ticket says comedy and they get introduced as a comedian and then they are on stage with lights and sound and you're sat in the audience. And it wasn't being streamed out into the lobby. Whereas <laughs> if you're watching that set but you're on the toilet in the morning and you've just woken up and you haven't paid to watch comedy, you're just scrolling through Twitter and you see something, then you've not consented in the same way. Right. Where, where I would say again, and I, I do this, this is in, in alignment with my value system, but I, I think the people who don't like it shouldn't uh, speak for or control what the people who do like it get to see. Yeah, totally. That's I mean, I, I, like if you got offended at a joke, but a bunch of other people liked it, totally. or even if there's a niche audience that I used it, to, I used to have a bit about this, about how you should see comedy like it's a buffet. Right, And when you go to a buffet, you don't expect to like everything that's on the table. What happens is, as long as you get enough to fill your plate, then you're fine with that. Uh, if I go to a buffet and I don't like quiche, I just go, I'll just not have any quiche. Like, you don't, you, and that works fine, because for the person that does like quiche, there's more of it. And then they have more of it, and then they leave more room for the stuff that I like. And so it's a perfect system. Whereas what they don't do is, is you if, if if you go to the buffet table and you see quiche, you don't go. I I find this quiche offensive and just throw it out the window. No one can have quiche because I Try and personally get the business license taken don't away. like it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like that's the difference. You know, you should just be able to ignore stuff. But going back to the theme nights and stuff, yeah. There's also a night in uh, London called Comedy Unleashed that does very well. Yeah. That is the. Uh, I mean. I literally did it three weeks ago, man. I saw a clip on uh, Instagram. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And I found it really interesting because um, I found it, they basically market themselves as like, we are free speech comedy. Right. We're free thinkers. We'll do whatever the hell we want. Right. Uh, and for me personally, they're just two sides of the same coin. Right. Them and the, the safe space people, right. the same thing. What they're doing is they're making a theme Whereas the theme of one is, say, the darkest shit you can think of, implicitly, and the theme of the other is, you know, be really safe and inclusive and make sure you don't upset anybody. It's it's two opposites of the same spectrum. But what I thought was really interesting is, is for me personally, um, the Comedy Unleashed night, uh, I had a good gig because it's, it's my sort of humour that I specialise in, is sort of like dark offensive stuff. And so I knew that I was going to do well, uh, but I didn't enjoy it. Um, and the reason that I didn't enjoy it is because I felt that the audience were kind of almost sadomasochistic and they were, they were sort of like, you know, like, um, you know, oh yeah, oh, offend me, push my boundaries. You right. know, like right. for me, the fun of doing the sort of stand up that I like doing is going on stage and finding out where the line is and getting as close to the line as possible and then putting one little toe over it just to see how it feels, and then, oh, oh, okay, yeah. we'll go back well, again. The thing, Whereas the th with them, what they were doing is they were going, there is no line. There is no line. Offenders, do the wor more, worse, more. And when there is no line, I go, I'm not asked about this. I'll tell you what I said to a mate of mine. I can't believe I'm saying this on a recording. He said, what was it like? And I said, I felt like a rapist who was midway through a crime, and the woman went, 
I'm really enjoying this. Do you know, I was like, oh, I can't fucking, oh, I can't, this isn't what I want. This isn't what gets me off. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Like, it's a very specific analogy. <laughs> I never just, would have thought of that it's one. Just, <laughs> it's just what, what yeah, came I know, yeah, just sometimes, boop, you pop out, like you pop out of the bushes. I know, um, I know. So, uh, just to sort of wrap this yeah, up, as yeah, it were, yeah. what are the main sort of differences then, then that you've seen? What are the main similarities and differences between comedy in uh, um, uh, uh, Canada, over in over Canada, that place, and yeah. Canada, and uh, comedy in the UK? There's more money to be made here. You can actually have a career. The comics are, I, I find, more uh, friendly and helpful. Um, there's more gigs. The, oh, the biggest one: the general public, the citizens, the people like comedy more culturally like they go to comedy yeah. more here is there anything that that we could learn from canadian comedy is there anything that we need to embrace i say this with some disclaimers oh I think, this is going to be great i think you guys could use more open mics oh really yeah. more okay. stage time would be help be helpful to get better because i'm noticing there's not a lot of open mic now the disclaimer is well-run open mics. Sure. Not, not just Wild West, some idiot maniac comic puts on a show. I have and, to say, yeah. in Manchester and Liverpool, there is more stage time now than there has ever been. That's what been. I hear, and I'm thinking, this isn't even much. There's though. maybe... there's it, It's at the point now where there is a different night every week, right. and in some, uh, some place, there's two or three nights. Mm -hmm. Never like that. Never, ever, wow. ever. And that's Because I when I was in Toronto, I was doing 20 sets a week. That's insane. Yeah. And uh, now, again, some of those gigs Just are in Toronto? Yeah, in the Toronto area, yeah. yeah. And so some of the gigs are horrible. Yeah. Some of them are ambush shows where the audience didn't know they were going to be an audience. You ever done one of those? What? Yeah, so again, they're not well run. So a guy will start a show, an open mic, and then the venue just goes, yeah, 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 you, you can have the stage, or maybe not even a stage, just sits at the front. And then there's some people eating. And they didn't know there was going to be a comedy show. That's horrific. Yeah, I have done a few gigs like that before, yeah. but they've been professional nights, right? And I refuse to. I I, I basically ref, I do my set, yeah. and then I leave, right. and I say, look, if you're not enjoying this, then you talk, you do whatever you want. I'm not going to put any rules on you yeah. because you haven't entered into a contract to right. watch comedy, right. and so if if. I, I genuinely believe that if comedy doesn't have a reason to run, yeah. then it shouldn't I, exist. I, and I always agree with that too. It's uh, it, it, it's, it's one of the tragic things about Canadian comedy is because so many people just want to be comics. There's too many comics. Too yeah. many people want to be comics and they just go, they're like crackheads. They're just like, it's stage time, I don't care. And it's like, <laughs> no, no, but there's no one watching. Don't care, I have a microphone and one person's looking at me. But you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? And they get high off the adrenaline and go and rob a bank. But, well, <laughs> that's my that's my niche. Give me fifteen hundred dollars. I need a new PA yeah. system. Uh, but I would say that's something that Manchester could could improve on more open mics. Um, I, I'm trying to think of anything else. Uh, mostly things are the same as far as that goes. Uh, I like the bucket split stuff. That's cool. They don't do that in Canada. It, do they not? Nah, people won't pay. Uh, when you put a little bit of money into a bucket and go, to be fair, that never used to be a thing at open mics, no. and then it became a thing after Edinburgh. So oh, cool. When you I do Edinburgh, that's a, that's, a, uh, that's an improvement personally. Well, it's quite funny actually because when they do the free shows at Edinburgh, they're yeah. not allowed to charge for a ticket, but they are allowed to do a bucket collection at yeah. the end. 
And what they do is they do a little speech, yeah. right? And they've worked out through many years of decades uh, of, of free festival performers, they've worked out the optimal bucket speech the to pitch. get people... Yeah. They've worked their pitches. Yeah. And the pitch is, is ladies and gents, uh, I, um, you know, thank you ever so much. If you were to watch this show in the theatre, you would happily pay... 10, 15 pounds for a ticket. And that's where this is going to go after this. It's going to go touring all over the country. I'm not asking for 15 I'm I'm asking for a tenner. If you're hard done by, then chuck a fiver. If you've only got a couple of quid, you you keep it to you because you need it. I'd rather you tweet about it and stuff. Right, right. Uh, but obviously I've got loads of costs that I need to cover. And, you know, I think that 10 pound is a fair price, you know, blah, blah, blah. And people go, oh, 10 pounds is a... Is a fair price, and I watched the comedian Joel Domit uh, do a free fringe show, and he was making hundreds of pounds a day. And to be fair, he he was in one of the best rooms in Edinburgh, and his show was superb. And he was making loads of loads of money off it, right? But what's funny is that really bad shit comics who go up and do the worst hours, they've found the pitch. But what they've done is they've kind of amplified the the the. So they're like, if you were to watch this show in a theater, then you'd probably pay a million pounds. You know, <laughs> but all I'm, I'm asking for is half a million. Yeah, yeah I'm just asking for a hundred English pounds in my bucket, and you think, my God, the brazen cheek on this person. So yeah, that's where it's come from. The whole bucket split thing. It's good just to give acts a bit of petrol and stuff. That, just, that's the way I. That, and again, because the main reason I moved. It's because I was I reached a point in Canada where I'm like I gotta something's gotta give with doing comedy I can't keep doing it like this yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I had yeah. to go I was in I had to uh, declare insolvency last year really COVID, yeah because I was like I went in debt doing comedy right and then COVID didn't help that sure and then I'm just like I can't I can't fucking keep doing this right I remember I don't regret that by the way I'm not whining I I see, I see oh, it all sure. as an investment I remember yeah. I mean I mean when I first started I quit jobs mm -hmm. that were not letting me do so for example I had a, a job that I really enjoyed doing yeah. Uh, making edits on websites and stuff. So I used to work for this company that was sort of like, you know, like Wix and, and Squarespace yeah. and stuff, but yeah. it was sort of before that. So it okay. was, most people had like a shop on eBay and then this was just like get your own shop and stuff. So it was this, it's called EKM Power Shop and it was like a, a way for you to have your own website and they'd use this as the back systems and you'd, if they had technical problems, you'd fucking sort it out for them. And it was all like, you know, idiot space. And they're like, I can't change the font on my preferment. And you go, done, fuck off. Do you know what I mean? And it was a good job. I enjoyed it. And then they started, they moved to 24-7 support. And they were like, so once in every uh, three weeks, you'll be working from like, you know. Uh, 7 p.m. to, yeah. yeah. Yeah, from 5 p.m. at night till, you know, like fucking midnight or whatever. And I was like, can't do it. And they were like, but it's a fairly decent job. This it's nice. You're happy here. I was like, uh, here's my notice. Yeah. You know, it's gone. I also remember a time when I was doing a kick in Birmingham University for students and I put my last 20 pound in the petrol tank. But I was like, it's, it's going to be cash. It's fine. It's no problem. I'll get paid, you know, money. And that's all right. So I went down there and then the guy was like, oh, did I not tell you? It's backs. I was like, oh, What's oh, backs again? Like bank transfer. Okay, yeah. And so I had to get back from Birmingham to this. And it was honestly, 
I think I made it back with about seven miles to spare in, right. in terms of fuel. I would have just been stopped on the motorway with no possible fucking recourse and right. stuff. So I've had times where I've like had to sleep in fucking train stations and stuff, and yeah. literally had just enough money. But it's what is what you need is what you need to, to do to grind, man. And that's why I say, even though I had to declare bankruptcy or insolvency or whatever it is, I'm like, no, I see all that as an investment. But I did. I, Last year, I realized this isn't sustainable anymore, though. I have to make a big move, and that's when I uh, left Canada to travel yeah. just to see what it's like in other countries, and that's when I came here, and I was like, oh, I kind of like it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah. just a taste test. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I was like, I knew Jordan Ducharme. Shout out to Jordan. You know yeah, Jordan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had moved here, and he told he had told me some things. Yeah. And he'd never, he'd never sold it up. He'd never sold it down. He just And he just said, yeah, it's like this, and it's like that. Yeah. And I went, I was in Denmark. And I thought I was going to go to Berlin, but their COVID shit was all fucked up. And I was like, ah, I don't feel yeah. like dealing with that. I said, oh, Jordan, I'll just come see you. Yeah. I came here and I liked it right away. It's funny because the the, the standard of comedians in Berlin is is appalling. Right. It's dreadful. So I did, um, <laughs> we actually, so we actually did uh, Paul Smith's first stag do was in Berlin. And we actually, you know, it's like, I, I I don't know if you have the culture of like stag do's and stuff in, um, like a, a bachelor party. Yeah. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. but, but the way that it works really is that you basically take the stag and make sure that they have the worst possible time. Okay. Like, like the whole thing is, is kind of fucking them over. Okay. Gotcha. Know? So one of the things that we did was we made him do an open mic, uh, at a comedy night in, in Berlin and uh, we made him do it with no material or anything right, like right. that. And so we found an open mic in Berlin. There was maybe 30 people in this right. room, in this coffee shop. Right? And we signed up to it. And it was really funny because there was a few comics in the audience, a few of us. I went on and did some because I was like, I'll do some. I don't give a shit. It's fine. Um, and in the audience for that open mic night was myself. Uh, just, I, I was on that night, you know, a professional comedian. Paul was on at the time that Paul was selling out theatres. I think he'd sold out the Echo Arena already, 10,000 10, people. Um, so he, he, you know, he was selling out, th- he was an arena comic. And Binti Blair was there, who's the booker of, you know, one of the biggest comedy clubs in the country. We're just in the audience at this random open mic night. And me and Paul were going to do some stuff. And so we were backstage and the comics uh, there were the biggest fucking dickheads. They were proper open mic arsey because they didn't know who I was and they didn't know who Paul was, and so we weren't worth speaking to. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, it, 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 I, I remember at one point there was a guy who was directly on before me who died, like a, a solid death. It was, in fact, they'd all died up until that point. But this guy was especially bad. Do you know what I mean? He and is he, it because they're just bad comics? They're that, dreadful. Okay, there, was, yeah. there was one Australian dude yeah. who was like uh, talking about being a Nazi or something in Germany, right? And then his his punchline was like, "Yeah, that's right. I'm a grammar Nazi." And oh, it was yeah, like, so, yeah, it's just terrible. like, yeah. oh dear God. And and the people, these poor fucking Germans, were like, "Ha ha, that 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 is." So good, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, wonderful. Yeah, th- yeah. But they were like, we hate this. Um, the guy before me had died so tragically, and I was like, ah, this is going to be so like hard or easy. I'm not sure which one yet. And then the guy bumped me. The open mic guy came on. He's the organizer. He was like, look, I know you said you were going next, but you're actually going to go seventh. And I was like, why? And he was like, just cause. 
I was like, right, okay. So that next guy died, and then the, the guy before me did slightly better, and I was on before the break, and they'd watched seven comics, and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, I'm, you know. Then I went on and just fucking roofed it. It was yeah. the easiest fucking gig, because they were like, finally, someone knows who they're, what they're doing. And so I don't think I even did many jokes and stuff. I just fucking twatted it out of the park. Right. And then afterwards, I came off, and all of the fucking shitty Berlin Open Mic Nights wanted to speak to me right. because they were like, how the fuck did you just do that? Didn't speak to any of them. Right. Didn't speak to a single fucking one of them. I thanked them. I drank my drink and I fucked off. Right. <laughs> just left, left into the night. Cause right. I was like, no, 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 no. I know your little tricks. I've, I've been doing this. I've probably been doing stand up for longer than all of them in that room put together. I'd right. probably done. I'd certainly done more gigs than all of them in that room put together. Right. right. And like none of them wanted to give me the time of day, and then as soon as they were like, "Oh, this guy can do it," <laughs> they were like, "Oh, let's let's speak to him." Nah, go fuck yourself. They want to take notes. Yeah, you yeah. got to be nice beforehand. I'm not. I'm not stupid. Because I used to do the. I mean, back in the day, did they have gong shows in, in? No, that's the thing. They do not. I don't like that format at all. Really, I, I think it's a stupid format. Why? It gives the audience too much power. What do you mean it gives the audience? Well, the, well, audience, the audience has power anyway. Yeah, but to 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 cut off a set, I don't like it. Yeah, but the audience has power anyway because they have the power to laugh or not laugh. But I can at least uh, keep going if, if they don't laugh, right? Yeah, but so the thing with the gong shows is I think they're really useful for new acts. Okay. Because I think when you're first starting, it's really difficult to properly work out uh, who's laughing yeah. and who's not. At what point am I losing them? Do you know right. what I mean? So sometimes when you start comedy, you'll have a bad gig and you'll be like, what happened there? Right. How did that... At what point did I lose I, them? It's not so much... I see what you're saying, and I agree with you there. I think the whole... The format encourages bad audience behavior, though. Because they don't go there wanting to laugh. They go there wanting to blood. Mm. That's the... That's the when I did the Frog and Bucket, that's yeah. the sense I got is... We're well, not here for comedy. The They're, Frog's the nice one. The, and that... Um, it was not... I got through, but... Yeah, the I, story's the brutal one. Yeah. yeah, that's what I heard. I heard they'll just gong you like yeah you don't even get a word out yeah and yeah, yeah it's you. just funny they're just going there to gong they but don't what they like doing basically yeah. is it, it it gives you that immediate feedback that oh that's the bit that i lost them at right and also it toughens people up i think i think you have to be tough to be able and to do this to be fair i'm coming in doing these gong shows like almost 10 years in yeah right i'm not new oh right? yeah i wouldn't yeah. want to and that, that, <laughs> I wouldn't that's what i'm do saying and i did it just because i'd never done one i thought yeah let's try also, the frog and bucket, well, okay, you won't get in trouble, but I get an email back saying you're not allowed to joke about this, you're not allowed to joke about that, you're not allowed to joke about this, what are your pronouns, and I'm just like, I'm not that comic, man. That's oh, not really? Yeah. I didn't know, I didn't know that they had that. Yeah, yeah, it's in the, I it's, mean, it's a form email now, right? Get up. Yeah, do you, do you do though? Do you do the frog and bucket? Yeah, I do, but the weekends, yeah, so, and they don't bother with that. Okay, yeah, so that's what I got, I, right? Well, I actually saw that on a poster yeah. uh, recently, not on the frog, but like an open mic night. Yeah. They had uh, all the acts on and all of their pronouns, and I was like, "Why?" Yeah, like so. I did. I did my set at the Frog. Half the audience booed me. Half the audience loved me. And I was just like, "Oh, okay, that's cool." But I got through. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't pass. Uh, what's the thing at the end called? Uh, win. Win. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I, got, I, I beat the Frog. Yeah, but, but you I didn't, didn't win. win. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was an okay set. Uh, this, you know, when you're standing on the stage, there's that. So stage left. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's underneath the mezzanine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they didn't like me. No, okay. They're like, that's problematic. I, and I'm like, what the f But then this side, 
It's really interesting. It's fucking weird. That's the strangest audience react because usually the that's problematic crowd drowns out the rest of the yeah. crowd. And I like, had I had a, a thing recently, uh, maybe six months ago, where I was doing a gig and there weren't many people in. It was like a weekend gig, and I did and I mentioned being straight at the beginning of my set. I I don't know why, like in a very pity comment, not really. Yeah, you should always just talk about the truth. Yeah, <laughs> well, it was it was very like uh, just just a passing comment. Yeah. yeah. And um, a guy at the front went, you shouldn't say that, that's offensive. And I went, what? And he said, straight, that's offensive. And I said, you're having me on, like you're joking. And he went, no. I said, you've got to tell me, why, why, with three minutes in, it's a weird time for us to do this, but why is it offensive? And he goes, because straight is the opposite of bent, and bent is an offensive term. And I was like, yeah, but I didn't say... Ben, you, you did. You know what I mean? So it's a fence by proxy. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, exactly. And he was like, no, but you said straight. That's like, that takes a calculus math equation. But to- <laughs> you know, exactly, exactly. Which is um, offensive to Asians. But the funny thing is, is is like uh, he was with his girlfriend and every gay person that I've spoken to since has been like, that guy is a fucking whopper. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because actual people, he just been offended on behalf of somebody. That's right. That, actual and- people who are from that community were like, do you know what? Actually, I'd rather people stop spitting at me. Do you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, I'd rather stop, I'd rather be able to walk well, home safely. That, that's the, the interesting thing about that is if there was a bunch of gay people in the audience, they, it wouldn't have even occurred to them that you said the word straight. No. This guy is making an issue of no. it now and no. drawing attention to it. He, then, uh, well, he said as well, I was like, what word do you want to say? He said, um, what do you say, heteronormative. Oh, fuck off. Man. And I was like, do you have any idea how many syllables that has? Because I swear it's about 50. And comedy is all based on rhythm and timing. Straight, I can say heteronormative is just, you know... If anything's going to kill fucking... And also as well, <laughs> also as well, like, it's all well and good saying that to you, some sort of, you know, 28-year-old millennial hipster or whatever who's down with all the lingo. But when I do that gig next weekend in a working men's club in Stockport and I use the word heteronormative, they're going to look at me like uh, if you showed a dog a magic trick. You yeah. know, they're going to be like, what? <laughs> So, yeah. Right, okay. We've done ages oh, yeah. on this now. Um, very quickly, before we go, uh, if anyone wants to follow you or find your stuff, Mark, what can they find you on? Uh, Instagram, Twitter. Well, you can follow me on Twitter if you want. It's at uh, Mark Hughes Comic or Comedian. Some variation thereof. You'll find me. Okay, yeah. sweet. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Bye-bye.